is the Three Preachers Podcast, featuring three preachers talking about life, church, and of course, the Word of God. And now, welcome to the Three Preachers Podcast. I said a hip hop, the hip it, the hip it, the hip hip hop, you don't stop the rock and do the bang bang boogie, say up, jump the boogie, do the rhythm of the boogie. Welcome to a new week of the Three Preachers Podcast. Why not sound robotic when I did that? I guess I didn't mean to do that, but oh well. Sounds good to me. Great. As always, I'm David. Bring it. Never doubt yourself. Chris Jones is to my right. Devin Morris is to my left. What up? Wait, did we say D Money and C Money? D Money. I thought he was D something 2000. D Money 2000. Mystery Science Theater 3000. Is what we're calling What? <laughs> Mystery Science. I love Mystery Science 3000. What? what? The robots that watch the movies. And critiqued them. You don't remember that? I, you, oh, I love you just see their science. silhouettes would be a movie playing. And it's not. It's and not they give good commentary. Movies. It is so funny. They always pick a B or C level movie. Terrible. Uh-huh. Like bad science fiction movie, and then just roasted the whole time. Uh-huh. It's like critique of the week on steroids. Okay. The whole thing is critique. Oh, I wouldn't even put critique of the week in the same category as those guys. Think of uh. Well, never mind. You didn't watch. You don't know about uh, the old man, the old Muppets. That. Oh, 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 oh. No, I know about those two old. Oh, guys. okay, okay. I've seen the Muppets. I haven't seen the Christmas one that you're talking about. Oh, last week you're talking. Oh, last that, week. Was that was last. That week. was last week's last episode. Week. I remember that well. Yeah. we talked about last week. Oh, okay, fine. The jig is up. We're actually recording this a week early because right now, Devin. Don't tell us. If you're listening to this right now. Devin is in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. Well, you're about to be in Nashville, Tennessee. I'm about to be. Yes, tomorrow, which is Thursday of last week. If you listen to it this week, well, this time travel is really blowing my mind right now. Yeah. David yeah. will have been. By the time of this podcast comes out, I will already went to Nashville and come back. Yeah. And y'all know what I'll be doing? Holding down the fort here in Dothan. <laughs> wow. Sleeping in my bed. Hey, consistency. Hey, buddy, if you feel left out, you can come. That's okay. Yo, come on. I, I paid my, I've got a spot. I paid my impact in camp dues. No, I don't. I hey, don't when you when you get to 50, well, I can't say that because Ronnie's pretty old. Right, yeah, you can't say yeah, nothing. Yeah, Ronnie Tucker is Ronnie Tucker. Ronnie Tucker yeah, he kind of blo- yeah. blows it up. Okay, I can't say that. Hey, but Ron, remember, Ronnie's from Elba. He's a little different. You, yeah, you remember, you remember really when we were talking about Ronnie a hard Tucker scrabble. a couple of few weeks ago on the podcast, and uh, and we said well, yeah, Ronnie, 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 Ronnie would never hear this, and then he walked in right after we recorded the podcast. <laughs> we were like, <laughs> "What in the world?" Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we took a jab at Elba. We're probably going to lose all Elba listeners. Yeah. I was like, "Well, that was mind blowing." <laughs> I do like Elba because I love all Elba people. They're so, some of our best members. Well. That's a good segue into what we're talking about today. <laughs> Wait, you talking about me with my segues? How we should love all people. Uh, That's uh, a really good segue. I thought you were trying love to say is love like is good, what you're about I thought to you say. were speaking about everybody in Elba. <laughs> oh, oh, no, that would have been an interesting segue. Yeah. So uh, just to introduce what we're talking about today, I think it's fair to say that, that this one topic dominates our yes. society, dominates media, um, and it seems to be the one thing we, we really can't talk about. Unless it's all in the affirmative and all in the, the positive. Uh, transgen- transgenderism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I'm just going to let Chris just keep talking. Like, that that <laughs> sounds great. Like, Chris, welcome right. to the Chris podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're trying to get me in trouble is what you're doing. No, I mean, I mean, I think it's, and this may be one where you're listening again, like we said last week, where you're, you're listening again and going, why, why are we talking about this? But I hear about it everywhere else. Why do we got to talk about it? Yeah. I think it's fair to say that that it it's fair to say it's not going away. Nope. Mm-hmm. It's only getting louder. So how do we respond? Because if we're fair, Christians have responded across the board in ugly ways. Yeah. Ugly, terrible ways. Uh, to those that they disagree with, uh, to those who 
whether we're talking about gender identity or sexual identity, um, sexual identity, sexual attraction, the, the whole gambit responded poorly. So I think we need to take the, the time to say, how should we respond? Um, maybe understand it a little bit better, like understand how does a person get to that point of saying, hey, I was born a male, but I'm a female, or, you know, and then learn how to love them where they are to ultimately lead them to a better understanding of the truth. Right. So that's why we're talking about today is not to bash anybody and not to, you know, put politics in there, but it's how do we love and how do we lead these people? Right. How do we respond I to mean, them? Good. That's a great way to say great it. Great opening. Got two groups you got to keep in mind. So when we had this conversation. What I want people to hear is a lot of the critique you're going to hear from us is coming towards transgender activists who probably aren't even transgender people. Mm-hmm. These are people in government, people in healthcare that are pushing an agenda that is very, I will say dangerous. I don't think that's too far to say dangerous, very irresponsible. Mm -hmm. We are not here to bash people with gender dysphoria. Our heart goes out to those people. And there are genuine folks out there, young kids that are struggling with identity right now. And it's honestly, it's our own fault. Our culture's built this. We've created this system with social media and pressures. And we've said good luck to our kids, and they're struggling, and they're floundering. But we don't help them. We're not loving them by pushing this transgender agenda. Journalists say we're in the transgender moment. This is what they're calling it. Like it is, Guys, if you think about it, this happened fast. We're talking in 12 years. We went from where you were born a certain gender to now. So if you look at like a, a journal now, a psychological journal, they would say a person is assigned gender at birth based on observed anatomy. So think about that language. Very important because language is shifting fast. And whoever controls language can, controls the narrative, controls everything. And right now, people, the, these activist people are controlling the high ground right now. And so Christians are kind of like on our heels, like how do we respond to this? So notice that language. Gender is assigned to you at birth. So you're born a little baby. Oh, this baby has male parts. We will assign this child as male. So that's not what you are. You're not male. You're assigned male based on observed anatomy, which opens up the pathway that when you get older, in your psychological self, in your inner self, that could change. You could decide, well, in my mind, in my heart, I am not a boy. I'm a girl trapped in a man's body. And so then you can get what's called reassignment surgery. They've even changed that now. It's not called reassignment. I don't know if y'all have seen this, but the language for that in the journal and literature is changed to confirmation surgery. You see that shift in language? Oh, yeah. That's it's important. very positive. That's important. Yeah. So. Like, so now we're confirming your true, your true gender. Yes, you were born and assigned a male because you had male everything, XY chromosome, higher basal metabolic rate, everything that we would say is male for thousands of years. But when you got a little bit older, let's say eighth grade, and you started to realize, oh, I'm actually a woman trapped in a man's body. Now we're going to do surgery to confirm what's in your head. Does, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, That's the shift. And you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is a lot of what Carl Truman talks about in The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self is like this progression of how we got here to where, you know, maybe you start with Rene Descartes where he says, I think, therefore I am. Like you turn inward to determine who you are. Yes. And so like you get there. there's a power that we have given ourselves, which is sound weird, weird, weird to say. We've given ourselves a power uh, that we should have never had and we should not have. There are 
other identifiers to for us to find out identity. And our body is one of those. Like we should be able to look to our body, what God's created for us, given to us, and know who we are based on that. Right. You know, we could look at our mind, our history, our relationships, commitments. Like there's for me there's like a checklist or so of about eight or nine things of like that determine identity. And body is one of those. You are not who you are outside of your body. And that's where I think culture has gone to. And that's from Nancy Piercy's Love Thy Body, where she says we've created a like a, a, a two-story house where my body is down here, my personhood is up here. My personhood is this greater thing, and it is more who I am, and my body is this lesser thing. If my body does not agree with me, I'll just change my body. Right. And, and that's, I mean, I think maybe that's apparent. Maybe that should just be on the nose of how that is really contrary to what God revealed to us in creation. It is so, and, and a lot of it is our fault because I've heard it in the church. So Gnosticism has crept into Christianity, and Gnosticism was this pernicious teaching in the early church. It was a heresy that did not win the day. Thank God for that. Orthodoxy won. But it was this idea of separating spirit from body. You know, your spirit was what matters. Your body doesn't really matter. And Jewish and Christian faith is always integrated body and spirit. Like you're an integrated person. That's, you're not an angel. You know, you're different. You've got body and spirit. And your bodiness, your embodiedness matters. Scripture tells us God created us male and female in his image. It's part of the created order. It's put into God's plan. We are tinkering with stuff. We have no idea what we're doing. We are... We are destroying children. And that, that is where I, I get really passionate about this, is a lot of this, like you said, there, there are several things going on. This Carl Truman wrote a smaller book called um, Strange New World. And I'll say that again, Carl Truman, Strange New World. If you're a parent, you need to buy that book now and read it because he takes that book, the more academic book, and gives a real streamlined argument why we think the oh, way we do. Okay. I didn't know he did that. So he rewrote this like on a popular level for people. It's a okay. shorter book. Yeah, That's Rise a, of Charlie Marcel is huge. Yeah, you, you, I do not recommend that to, unless you want, <laughs> like you're getting a PhD. Yeah, yeah. Read that because you'll trudge through it and it's, it's rough. But Truman's point is, is spot on. What is running America right now is your psychological self, radical expressive individualism. So I express what I am. And for thousands of years, this is how it worked. You were born into a family structure, so your family dictated to you. Family like values, family morals, and your faith dictated to you. So you had these external, so your body mattered, your embodiedness mattered. Then your community and its opinions mattered. Scripture, your, your faith community formed you. So what this new rise of the modern self is, this radical expressive individualism, it short circuits all that. So now what matters is you need to be authentic, your authentic self. So what's inside you, the authentic self pushes against parents. If it doesn't conform to what mom and dad say about you, your mom and dad's foolish. If, it, if your faith community is out of step with what you feel in your heart as a you know 12-year-old, then you should express that to the fullest. And we're going to embrace that. And if we suppress that expressive individual, individual, individualistic self, we're hateful and bigoted. That's why you're hearing right now, if you're paying close attention, and I don't want to be, and I'm anti-political, I can't stand this world, but if you're paying attention right now, the current president came out last week, if you're listening, and said that if you're, and I listened to it myself, so I'm not making this up, if you are a person that has issues with restricting 
uh, transgender care to children, you are prejudiced. That is a very strong language. Mm -hmm. Then he went on to say that kids are not really just their parents' kids, but they're all of our children. In other words, they belong to the state. <laughs> so you see what, where this is coming from. This radical expressive individualism has come full flower. That's what matters more than what parents think, more than what faith community thinks. And if you're out of step with that, then you're a prejudiced, bigoted person. Mm -hmm. You're a transphobe. You're a homophobe. You're filled with hate. I'm past all that. I don't care if people label me that because I'm being logical. And I'm saying that for thousands of years, we have recognized that males are males and females are females. And how we've treated this through the years, we've said, let these kids develop. You know, what's funny on the research, and this is like stuff that's been, great studies have been done. If you take a child who thinks they have gender dysphoria, a lot of times they grow out of it. So let's say we have a kid that's 11 years old, and they say, okay, I think I'm confused about my gender. If we let them just mature and we don't give them puberty-blocking drugs, we don't do horrifically mutilating surgery on them, and we let them make a decision on their own, 80 to 95% of kids decide when they get old enough, they don't have gender dysphoria. They come out of it. Mm -hmm. We're finding that people that go through transgender surgery and take the puberty-blocking drugs are 20 times more likely to commit suicide. That is horrific. Mm -hmm. And if we as a Christian community don't get upset about that, I don't know what's going to wake us up. Because mm -hmm. if you love people, and, and we've got people in these high positions of authority saying crazy stuff. Like, I'm like, have you guys even thought this through? We're saying that little kids, I, I was joking with y'all, like every week I wanted to be something different. You know, I was a fireman, a football player, Aquaman. You know, I wanted to be something different all the time. You're letting a child decide a major, a major thing like what gender they're going to be. And let's start giving them drugs early enough to slow down puberty. I mean, this is crazy what we're talking about. I'm sorry, guys. This is usually like a lighthearted podcast, and I've gone like rogue. No, you're fine. I, I, it ties into, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of things you talked about that, that we could bring up. I think one of them is we talked a little bit about where culture's headed and what's going on there. And what's unfortunate is the people who are getting caught in the crosshairs of it all. It's people who are really struggling with, hey, who am I? Yeah. What am I? Why do I feel this way? And, uh, you know, we, we have to always be sure we're not just painting everybody with the same brush. Mark Yarhouse is a Christian, um, I guess what you call him is like a sexual studies kind of guy. And he's written a lot of really good books on sexuality and transgenderism. And, you know, he says if you've met one transgenderism, tra transgender you've only met one transgender. Like, no one has the same story. No one's working through the same thoughts. No one's had the same background. And so I think a really important aspect from, like, a Christian, you know, vantage point is to just uh, have patience with people and have empathy with people and learn to walk through somebody with what they're going through. So my experience with this was um, I've had several experiences. I've only had one teenager want to work through this experience with me uh, and she came to me and she was 13 or 14 and you know had a sit down conversation of hey I'm I'm a boy I'm trapped in this girl's body but I am a boy I don't know how to talk to my parents about it all this kind of stuff um, well it, simultaneously her parents came across her um, computer found out she had been talking with an, an older woman a girl, she's 18 or 19, who 
was transgender and was really kind of coaching this young girl through these <coughs> thoughts and, um, you know, kind of horrified through some of the things that this older girl was telling their, you know, young daughter, 13, 14-year-old daughter. And so that all kind of came, came out at the same time. And so I only met her with, you know, two or three times before I said, you need to talk to a professional. I'm not a professional. You talk to a counseling uh, professional. So she did that. So she started that process uh, on top of meeting with me every so often. And after about a year, this was not a, um, uh, I believe this was not a Christian counselor she went to. I think she just went to a counselor who was not necessarily affirming or affirming. She was just a, I think, a solid counselor that she had gotten in touch with. And uh, on her own, this young girl uh, decided that she was no longer transgender. She worked through a lot of those feelings. Her parents cut her off from that relationship that she had with the older girl, which I think was a big part of it as well. I cannot imagine if that young girl never talked to somebody, if her parents never found out, if she was convinced of those things and ended up, you know, going on some some type of medication, ended up having that surgery, what her life would look like right now. Yeah. And and sometimes, you know, just the role that a Christian can pe- play is just paying attention to people and listening and trying to help you know, walk them through some of these thoughts because if you are confused at all about that and you're living in our day and time, you have such a slim chance of making it out. Um, you know, I, and that goes for a lot of people that are dealing with, with temptation as far as sexuality goes or identity. And um, I think the role that Christians play right now is having these conversations, being open about it, and, and walking with people through it. Having, having deep um, prayer and, and Bible study on these type of topics because um, there's, there's, uh, there's loud voices out there that are trying to get you to um, make decisions that they probably wouldn't make for themselves. Right. And um, I think, you know, it's our duty to, to show them the, what Christ has for them. Yeah, I think you're right. This, there's, there's, a better, there's a better life. It's a positive. It's not a negative. And I think yeah. that's where we've got to be careful. Like, I can get upset with the adults that I think are irresponsible. And we should. When I look at the current administration, the things they're saying, I hate to keep going back to that, but I think it's very irresponsible. And I think Christians should call them on the carpet. Yeah. You have every rise of Christian, American citizen to say, I love my country. I will pay taxes. I'm a good citizen, but I, I do not. We're not going down this path. Like, this yeah. is not smart. And we need to have, you know, cogent, powerful, but kind voices. But we don't need to ostracize these kids, too, at the same time that feel like they have no hope and drive them into, like, suicide. Um, but then we find out the best study done on this is this doesn't fix the depression. It actually makes it worse. Right. So it's very, like, even the two, in 2016, the Obama administration did a study, and they their study came out. And we're not talking about, like, a conservative think tank. We're talking about the Obama administration, which was— pretty progressive in a lot of ways you had they came out with a study that said there is no um, important improvements for the quality of life for people that go through transition they, they said that I mean that was a study it wasn't just something they made up so I keep coming back to that that we just have to be uh, I think learned on this like what's being said what's out there what's being pushed how we can make a difference 
how we do this without joining the angry voices. And the answer, folks, I'm going to tell you, is not joining some angry movement where we're screaming and shouting. Yes, it upsets me, but it upsets me enough I want to, sh- I want to get involved in a good way, mm-hmm. not in a negative way. Yeah. Um, I just think there's just so much truth that, that God's Word brings to this situation. And this is ancient wisdom, man. Like, you are made. God made you this way. And right now, you know, I, I'll give this one example. I'm going to be quiet because I just, I've always found this compelling. So you have to just shut me down, like turn my mic off. But this this thing called, yeah, I had I to already, look. I already did. <laughs> okay, I'm just talking <laughs> into the void. But you have this condition called body integrity identity disorder where people think they are amputees. They really believe this. And for the longest, like how psychology dealt with this and psychiatrists is they worked with them with therapy to help them understand you're a whole person. Like we want to work with your mind to match your whole body. Mm-hmm. So you you don't, you know, I want my left foot to be cut off. No, you, you've got a healthy left foot. Let's work through. Why do, you, why do you think that? And they've got all kinds of techniques. They went to school to learn this stuff, and it's great. They can use therapy and strategies and help these people. Our answer for the longest was not amputate them to match what they feel in their mind. We're like, well, let's fix the mind to be whole with the body. And that's what we're calling for these transgender children. Let's work on counseling it will help them see they're a whole person made beautiful in God's image. This is a good thing. Like God made you this way. And there's great things about the feminine and not, and and we got to be careful not to make all girls and boys fit cookie cutter things. We screw up with that too. There's different ways to be a girl. There's different ways to be a boy. And we, we talk, I think that's part of God's beautiful plan, but there is a sense where we can help the mind become whole because the mind can be broken. Just like just like we forget our, our mind can have maladies too, just like our body, and we need to work through those. But don't don't mutilate people. That's part of like walking when we're using that language, you're like walking with people through this and that's like showing patience to them. There's not only the idea that, okay, maybe this is like a true inner struggle, maybe even, you know, whatever you want to classify that as. But on top of that, that you know, while this conversation is going on, neuroscience over here is saying, hey, a child's, your, your brain is not developed until your mid-20s. You know, we could have conversations on like when drinking and smoking limits should be because those are pretty young when you think about it. You're doing mind-altering activities before your brain's even developed. How do you think that's going to affect you in the long haul? Like maybe we should change all that to mid-20s. But anyway, but but it comes to this conversation as well. We're, we're opening the door for... I mean, life-altering surgeries before their brain is even developed. What if you just allowed a person to develop naturally just the way that, you know, you could say God's maturing them, or if you don't agree with that, the way that just they are biologically maturing? What if you just waited till the mid-20s before you started having that? I wonder, yeah. I wonder what this conversation would look like. Just 20, 21 drinking age, right? Yeah. Let's just wait till they're a little older. Yeah. Imagine those signs in the grocery store. Must be 21 to decide what gender you are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think about like Grace in my middle one. You know, there was a time there where she she was not interested in dresses. She would, didn't want to be a girly girl. She she was a tomboy. Like it was. And I, and I listened to people's stories about their kids and, and, and oh, that must mean that she's. I couldn't yeah. imagine trying to. Like, there was just. It's a phase. And now you look at her, she loves. Makeup, glitter, dresses, like it was a phase where she just didn't, this, this is not what she wanted to be. Right. She grew out of it, and now she's in a totally different phase. And that's Like fine. you just said, just let kids grow up. Like we don't yeah. have to 
label them as something and slap a sticker on them and what do they identify? They're just kids. And there's women that are different. Like you run into them. Like there's some women that are very driven, like very, we'd say kind of have some masculine, what we would consider to be masculine traits, but you know, we can celebrate that too. It doesn't mean that's bad. And I think that's what we've, I don't know, I think we've made a mistake of, of how we've gone into this discussion with people like this all or none deal. Some, I, I do lay a lot of this at the feet of the church. Like the reason we're in this moment is we have failed miserably. My generation has failed well, and it's also it's also parents. Like as a parent, it's very easy for me to encourage my kids to, you know, to, to find people that you agree with and, find, and stand in those circles and listen to those circles. And we've raised a generation who can't have a conversation with people that disagree with. This is something that a member and I were just talking about uh, one night at VBS was having a conversation with people we disagree with, and that goes for those on on that side of this issue and for those of us on this side of the issue is like we said you got to learn how to talk and have that conversation and walk with somebody through it i mean just at just at camp uh you know i was having a conversation with a guy who you know he he's not your typical macho you know masculine guy he's just telling me stuff and on the inside i'm going i don't understand any of this like i don't understand why you would um, and there would have been a time where I, I thought he was probably homosexual, or at least probably struggled with same-sex tra- attraction or something. But he's getting married in a couple months to a, to a woman. Yeah. And the things that he does, like, okay, he's not fitting this mold that I have. So this is not his problem. This is my problem. Right. And I sat and had a conversation with him. And at the end, I was like, okay, so it's just things that he likes doing that I don't get. Doesn't make it wrong or right. Having a conversation with someone who's struggling with same-sex attraction or gender dysphoria or anything like you know i may not get it i may not understand it but it doesn't mean i i don't join the conversation listen to them you know like you i think you said walk with them like walk them yeah. through this that's what discipleship that, is you walk together and that goes to like maybe some of the churches like we haven't done a good job talking about manhood and womanhood yeah what that looks like and when we do talk about manhood it's got to be you know let's go hunting and fishing yeah. have some red meat and yeah well male friendship meat. like we've lost like jonathan and david so it's so bizarre to people they think they're homosexual i'm like no that that is the ancient way of friendship you had in the ancient world yes there was homosexuality of course but i mean there was numerous examples of deep male friendship in the in biblical times it was all over every culture they had it and we've lost that and today like when men are close friends and they share time together it's like well there obviously there's something going on there i mean it's just silly like we've just got to this silliness what it means to be masculine and what it means to be feminine and man god and his his wisdom created us in in all kinds of different ways and it's this our embodiedness is is a blessing and it's going to look different for some people you know and and that member here westcott was talking to he brought up a good point and we don't have to answer this because i don't think we can answer this today but especially as in leadership what we're going to have to wrestle with is if we're supposed to be converting and making disciples what happens when a transgender woman or man comes in, they become a believer, they convert. What do we do then? Yeah. How do we, is it, do, well, you got to go back. Well, some things can't be undone. You know? Right. What are, how do we deal with that there? Like, this is a topic that we have to wrestle with as believers, especially if you're in a church leadership, leadership position, elders, whatever position. How, how do we deal with this? Yeah. What are we going to do moving forward? It's an so excellent this, point. This conversation is, is bigger than just, is it right or wrong? That's not, that's not even the conversation. It's, we've got to get out of our comfort zone. We've got to get out of the wall, 
within the walls of our church and start walking with these people or else yep. it's, it's just going to get worse and worse. I'm afraid Christians are not thinking enough about this. Like we're, we're being catechized, and I don't mean this ugly, but by news stations and different, like both sides of it, progressive, conservative, we're being catechized by news stations, news outlets, and we're not having thoughtful conversations about this. Um, we're, we're dividing up in camps. It's become very vitriolic. And I'm going to tell you right now, that's not going to win the day. This is not going to get us anywhere. Like if the church does not wake up and get involved in a way that is positive and provides a, a, an alternative that's, that's filled with life and goodness and mercy, this generation is, I, they may not admit it, but they are craving truth. I've, I've talked to enough kids in their 20s right now, the shifting foundations of what should I be upset about today to be, you know, what virtue signaling do I have to do this week to be accepted, to be righteous, is exhausting. Mm. The idea of there's no way I can receive forgiveness. If I mess up one time, if I'm labeled a transphobe, a racist, you name it, whatever, my career is over, it's getting tired. And this generation is looking for an answer, and the church has a golden opportunity. And we are missing it because we are so wrapped up in the anger right now of our age I'm telling you, I'm, I'm hoping people listen to this, you will wake up to, to what's in front of us. It's an opportunity. It's a challenge, but it's also an opportunity. Mm. Devin, let you have the closing word. What do you want to add? Anything you want to add? Just a reminder that the gospel's for everybody. And there were, um, Jesus associated himself with people, and then people would call him the ugliest names. Yes. And then say that he must be one of them and he must agree with everything they do and Jesus took it and he did exactly what he was called to do and didn't back away from it and lived uh, a radical Christian life that many of us are afraid to live uh, because of we're afraid what people are going to say or think or you know well people are going to start aligning me with this group Um, that's not the worst thing I would actually be, I would be honored <laughs> if somebody came along and said, oh, you must fully support that group. That might mean I'm loving them pretty well then. That might be um, I'm, I'm doing what I'm called to do. Uh, Jesus spent time with those people, and I have no doubt every step of the way he was bringing them closer and closer to himself where they were making their own decisions to make their lives look more like his. And um, I think we're just called to live that, that same exact way. Love in a radical way that people just want to be more like Jesus. Mm. We've had that conversation here where people have contacted us here about same-sex couples coming to our church. And I've always been very honest with them. You know, here's what Scripture teaches on these, these issues of sexuality. You know, the call of Jesus is radical for all of us. I've also been honest with them about our inconsistency in the churches of maligning certain sexual proclivities but somehow we turn a blind eye to cohabitation and other heterosexual sins like Mm. that's okay but then we're going to point to you guys and say well you're a different category of sinner we're all on a spectrum of discipleship and so we walk together to become like Christ and I think what you're getting at is if I have a relationship with these people and I'm deeply involved in their life you know and they may not be where they need to be right now but the only way they're going to get closer to Christ is you walk with them through this process of of transformation as we all become more like Christ. But if we separate ourselves and say, 
And that's kind of what happens with self-righteousness. I think of the, the fellow who's praying in the temple in Luke 18. The, the Greek word there is, specifically there's a preposition. He's, he's apart there. He's, he's praying in the temple. He's away from everybody else because, God, look at me how righteous I am. Aren't you glad you got me? I'm not like this scumbag over here. And so what self-righteousness does, it separates us from people. And we don't want to be involved, whereas Christ is big enough where I can walk with this person and, and help them become what they need to be. But we're not going to help them by not getting involved in their life. Hey, Dave, remember that time when I said, let you have the last word? And Sorry. Chris, this is a podcast. There is a good excuse. All right, can I give you an excuse this week? I've got two steroid shots, like, Man, in the man. same day. So they gave me, like, yeah, my face is red. Is my yeah, face your red? face is super okay. red. Yeah. So I, feel, I, look, I look like a giant red person. Yeah. Um, and you've been a lot jittery. Like, I've watched you. Like you're, like, going, uh-huh. you're like bouncing. And yeah, I couldn't sleep. I didn't, you know how many hours I slept last night? Three. Nice. Three hours. I was staring at the ceiling. But um, nice. that's why I'm kind of like wired, you know. <laughs> I'm going to crash tonight and die. Like, <laughs> I've not eaten yet. What time is it? Uh, it's 4.50. I've not had one thing to eat today. Mm-hmm. That's not good. But I'm just like, shots. I'm so wired. I'm like, I'm not even hungry. I'm going to go and finish this so Chris can go Sorry. and pass out in his it's office. He'll never listen. Our podcast will never be listened to again. He's just well, like, don't the whole time. <laughs> I think Chris is on drugs. You listen to podcasts this week? <laughs> Next week we're talking about Chris and his drug addiction. <laughs> just kidding. Well, Devin, I'm going to let you sign us out. How about that? <laughs> I pray that you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways. Peace and love. <laughs>